Well, thank you to all of those who have um, been a part of our worship service this morning for Linda Truck and Miller Crum, who was our liturgist and offered that beautiful backdrop for our scripture reading this morning. Um, for our faith ringers who always provide such beautiful music, thank you. Um, and also for, um, for our praise team and for our Wesley Choir who lead our music, for Gary Brubaker who puts everything um, so well for us all together. Um, we're talking about <clears throat> Jesus calling the disciples this morning. Um, now, part of Jesus' work included calling disciples and calling other people. Um, and so this is part of um, one of those calls from Matthew's gospel. Um, what task is given to the disciples, what they're going to do, um, which, um, as Jesus says, you will now fish for people. Um, so what does that mean? What's our call? And how do we live into this? Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Okay, well, let's talk about evangelism, because that's everybody's favorite thing to talk about, right? Um, everybody loves to talk about how to evangelize and how they're going to share their faith, right? I mean, evangelism, that word itself, can sometimes be really scary or intimidating, um, and maybe it's not your favorite word. I would probably guess that you've probably done more evangelism than you actually may acknowledge that you've done, um, the ways that you've shared the good news of the gospel. But I was thinking about this word evangelism, um, and several years ago, um, it may have been about like 10 years ago, um, my brother and I were in Chicago, and we were, I think we were shopping, um, and so we passed by one of those corners where somebody was there preaching a gospel of some kind, or the gospel of some time, um, and they were saying, repent and believe in Jesus, you sinners. Um, and so we were, you know, crossing the street and I'm listening to what they're saying. We got to the other side and I said to my brother, I said, well, it looks like we just got evangelized. And my brother stopped in his tracks and he looked panicked and he looked at me. He goes, we just got evangelized. And I thought, well, I mean, um, sometimes it can feel that way, right? It can feel that way when uh, maybe we're not ready to hear the gospel or um, the gospel is shared in a way that's unfamiliar or maybe even not what we fully believe or recognize or understand. It can feel like we just got evangelized. And so I think that's part of why sometimes we're uncomfortable or we're nervous about evangelism um, because we don't want to do something that's harmful for someone else. Um, and sometimes just talking about our faith is just really difficult. Uh, maybe it's hard to put into words or our story is emotional. It's a personal story for us. And to share it with someone else, it might feel like, well, but what if they don't appreciate it? Then um, it, it can just be intimidating. <clears throat> and, um, and our role as the church, our mission as the church, is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I mean, how do we do that? How is that completed without sharing the message of the gospel? Um, and so how do we share this story of Jesus Christ, this message of the gospel of life and love and grace and our own story and our own experience and encourage others to believe in Jesus? Maybe you don't want to offend someone with what you say, or maybe you just don't want to, uh, you don't know what to say. Um, maybe you don't want to evangelize anybody. Maybe you just don't feel worthy enough. Why would I be the one to tell the story? And yet, you are called. 
So this story of Jesus calling the disciples, I think that there's some things about the context and the history and what was happening there that we may not fully understand um, or really appreciate in just hearing the story the way that it's written. So um, to think about back back in the day, back in Jesus' day, um, around that time, um, around the age of 12 in Jesus' time, there was an opportunity um, for boys to become disciples of a rabbi. And so um, all of the children would have been in school up until then, um, until about the age of 12, when girls were prepared for marriage um, and the boys, um, the rabbi would be, uh, would make a decision whether he thought that the boys were um, whatever adjective you want to use, smart enough, good enough, um, qualified enough to enter into a special training with him or if they would be offered training in a particular vocation, like fishing or carpentry or something along those lines. Now, the boys who were trained with the rabbi would often um, grew up to be rabbis themselves or scribes in the temple or lawyers or doctors. And the way that the rabbis would invite the boys to become his followers or his disciples was be to say, follow me. And the boys would leave everything behind and follow the rabbi and live in the temple and learn the ways of God. Should sound a little bit familiar, right? Follow me. So, um, so here's the twist in Jesus' story, right? Um, when Jesus calls those first disciples, they're by the river, they're by the lake, they're, they're fishing, um, which means that they have already been through that screening process from the rabbi and from the temple. And they've been found to be lacking in one reason or another. Um, Maybe it's, but you can put your own adjectives in there. You can use your own imaginations. And so they're sent out to learn a trade. Um, And in this case, they're sent out to learn fishing. So they have been told by the rabbi and the temple and the community that they're not good enough, smart enough, capable enough to become a follower of that particular rabbi, and therefore they must find work elsewhere. And when Jesus finds them, when Jesus encounters them, they're older than 12. Um, We don't know how old exactly they are, but we know that they're older than 12. Um, And they've been at work for some time, uh, and Jesus calls them, to be his disciples. Now, can you just imagine that? These ones who were told at one point in their life, you're not good enough, smart enough, capable enough to be a disciple, have just been called by Jesus. And Jesus has told them that they are good enough, smart enough, capable enough to be his disciples. And well, because we know what happens on Easter, we know that Jesus is more than a rabbi. Jesus is God in flesh. So it's not just any rabbi who's calling this B team into the game. It's God, God who's calling all people, who says, you all are good enough, smart enough, and capable enough to be my disciples. And the truth is we are, right? We may not always feel that way, but we are called to be the disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world in our own unique ways, whatever that looks like. When I think about my call into ministry, um, I remember probably for the very first time feeling called into ministry, but having no idea what that meant. 
It was when Mrs. Fisher, um, in my first grade Sunday school class, said to ask Jesus into your heart. And I remember praying Jesus come into my heart and feeling like something was different. But at first grade, I didn't really know what that meant. Um, I probably didn't know what that meant most of my life. When I was in high school, I went on a mission trip uh, to Camp Courageous, Iowa. I know that's a place that we've done a lot of mission trips as well. Um, and then I was, uh, at the end of the mission trip, we were praying um, at Apple River United Methodist Church. And I remember being at the communion rail. Um, I had just graduated from high school and had plans for where I would be in college and how things would go. Um, and I remember being at that communion rail and hearing God say to me, I've called you to do my work. Go, and I will be with you always. And um, at that time, I thought, you know, that is great. That is so great, God. I'm glad you've got this plan. I also have this plan. And so if you can just fit into that, that would be amazing. And God allows that, right? I mean, we make that decision. That's our free will. But I think God was also not content with that being how I understood my call. Um, and uh, in relationship with God and in prayer and, and understanding, um, just deepening that, that close walk with God. Um, I remember sitting in a worship service. I have no idea who was preaching or what the sermon was about. And I remember sitting in the balcony of our home church and just hearing God say, this, this is what I've called you to. Over and over throughout my life, that call has rung true. Go and do my work and I will be with you always. Jesus calls these disciples and says, come, follow me. <clears throat> you are called. These disciples were called in ways when they were initially told you're not. Jesus said, come and follow me. And here's your job. You're not just fishing for fish anymore. You're fishing for people. To find the people that God loves and tell them that God loves them. And those people are everyone. There's no exceptions to that. So sometimes we need reminders that we've been called. I mean, it's so easy to say, you know, somebody else will do that job, right? Somebody else can take care of it. Some, someone else will live into that call better than me. So someone else will tell them that God loves them. <clears throat> and that might be true. And yet, what if no one else does? And what if no one else does it the way that you do? Because the truth is no one will do it the way that you do. You have been called uniquely as yourself, as the one who God loves and God trusts to do God's work. Go and do my work and I will be with you always. <clears throat> when I talk with people who um, are asking about their call, you know, one of the first things that they often say is, I don't want to be one of those people, you know, those people, the evangelizers. Um, or they have a particular picture in their head of what it means to follow God's call. And, and that doesn't have to be. You know, when I answered my call into ministry, I thought, I don't know, do I look like a pastor? I don't know. 
And throughout my life, I think part of my call has been that to, to unwrap that for myself and to challenge myself that God has called me just as I am. Just like God has called you just as you are. You don't have to be anything else. You have to be who you are. You have to be authentic because the truth is nobody does it better than you. If you don't live your life, no one else will do it for you. If you don't share your story, no one else will share it for you. If you don't share the good news of the gospel, no one will do it the way that you do. And so our job is to fish for people, to preach the gospel, to preach the gospel at all times. Um, Attributed to Francis of Assisi, it's preach the gospel at all times, use words when necessary. Go and do my work and I will be with you always. Our job is to love God, to love people, and to change the world. And you can fish for people with more than just words. Jesus has invited you to be, God, to be his disciple. Follow him. Be bold and courageous. Be loving and kind. Be vulnerable and honest. Be hopeful and full of joy. Be you. Because who you are is who God loves. Go and do my work and I will be with you always. Who you are is who God has called into life and to ministry together. Go and do my work and I will be with you always. So let's go and let's go fish for some people. Thanks be to God. Amen.